folks, the Winnipeg Jets continue to do pretty well this season. Things are going great. The vibes are pretty strong. And sure, you know, the past month or so, maybe we've seen a bit of a dip in form, maybe some bad habits resurfacing. But overall, the Jets are looking all right. What about five years from now, though? Where are the Jets going to go after the next couple of seasons? We're going to talk about some major decision points and what I would like the Jets to build around on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. Or Locked On, the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is 100% free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode, but most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. On tonight, uh, tonight's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Now, like I said at the top of the episode, you know, the, the, the Jets are doing pretty well. You know, they're second in, in the division. Maybe there's been a bit of a dip in form recently. Maybe the past month or two hasn't exactly seen the best of Jets hockey. But, you know, Winnipeg, all told, given the roster situation, uh, I would say the lack of offseason moves, generally speaking, and Winnipeg's own difficulties with recruiting free agents. This team is pretty all right, right? It, it could be better. You know, I think the trade deadline has a lot of opportunity for the Jets to really climb and ascend to the top of the pile. But as it is, it's not bad. But I think the biggest question for me is, you know, Winnipeg basically knows the next two years and then after that, all bets are off. We have no idea what this team is going to look like in the future. We can barely figure out what it looks like beyond two years. And so I wanted to spend some time today like talking about how I see the Jets really uh, setting up their future and what I think could be a potential pathway that allows them to continue developing some prospects and making them integral parts of the team without necessarily going for the full rebuild. I think the Jets are very wary of that, and I think in a lot of ways I can understand and in some ways even agree with it. Uh, I've changed my tune over the past year or two uh, after giving it consideration and kind of seeing, you know, how this team has taken shape under Bones. Without Paul Maurice and, and sort of his influence on the team, you know, the Jets have started to look more like a team that, quite frankly, resembles a competent NHL squad, and it makes me uh, very hesitant to want to tear it down when the foundation has a couple of pieces that I think are really uh, important in the present and will be in the future. And it really starts in net, right? The The foundation of this team, everything that stems um, from it, it, it all comes in, you know, net in, in Connor Hellebuck. I mean, this guy is the franchise cornerstone. And so in two years, uh, when his contract is up, I'm basically giving him a blank checkbook. I know I've said this before, previously, you know, in other seasons, I thought about it and I was like, you know, we all love Helly, right? But do we really want to bring him back? Can we afford to? And is it something that you want to commit to, right? 
we've all seen how veteran goalie extensions, even for the best of them, can decline really quickly. But I think with Helly and the numbers that we're seeing with him, the the consistent steady Eddie performances, you're kind of looking at the closest thing to a Lundqvist we've seen since Lundqvist, right? John Gibson, I would also say, has done a lot of very similar things many, many career years on a team that was extremely poor and kind of masked just how good he was. Hellebuck is on a stronger franchise and, you know, continually you're seeing him battling for Vezinas every year. You know, maybe last year his raw numbers weren't good enough, even though if you actually looked at, you know, the under the hood performance, he was saving about as many goals above expectation as he usually usually was. So all that to say, he's the guy that you kind of build around. I, I don't say that often about goalies, but I think in Hellebuck's case, he is particularly special and he's not going to be terribly, terribly old, right? He'll be, what, closer to 30 or maybe just about 30 by the time his current deal expires, and then you want to sign him for like six or seven years. I think that will carry you through three to four years of what I would say would still be good, you know, performances from Hellebuck, and then, you know, maybe 35, 36, 37, you start to see it tail off. But you basically get him through the remainder of his, like, I wouldn't call them prime years, right? Because prime tends to be on the younger side, but you still get uh, well above average, you know, probably very good at least to maybe even elite numbers for the next several years of his contract. And after that, you know, I think the the team will look totally different and this will, won't even be the same core, but I think Hellebuck for the time being can still be that rock that the team relies upon and really builds around, right? We've seen like what, a lack of good goaltending this year has been uh, for a lot of teams. It's it's really been an Achilles heel for teams like Edmonton. Uh, sometimes for the Avs, it can be a bit of a challenge. Um, we've also seen it be a problem for the Capitals. So a lot of these teams that could really use a franchise cornerstone in net, they have good rosters, but you know the, the net mining has kind of been one of the few things that maybe hasn't always been ideal. So the Jets have that. They've got that solved, right? And he is, for me, the biggest decision point. And I feel like the only option you have is to say, yes, extend him. If you let him go, not only are you letting probably the the best goalie that'll ever play for the Jets walk, but you're also, in all likelihood, letting one of the greatest goalies of all time go. And I just feel like, for me, even, even if it maybe goes against conventional wisdom, even if sometimes the data suggests it's it's a little bit riskier to do this, you just have to keep him. I mean, I don't think that there's any other choice. He's too darn good. He's been already a Vezina winner, and I think he'll probably have at least one more Vezina somewhere in his uh, career future. So for the next five years, Hellebuck should still be our starter in net. Now, the next player and, and next decision point that I want to talk about is a little more complicated and one that I think I'm still not really sure that I have a clear answer on, but I have a direction that I am leaning towards. We'll dive into this particular decision point in just a little bit. But before we go any further, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at FanDuel Sportsbook. This year, the only app that you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner, FanDuel, because they're the number one sportsbook in America. If you're new to FanDuel, it's even better. They have so many great features that making uh, that make betting on sports fun and easy. If you download FanDuel right now, you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads. 
to even individual in-game moments. In this case, you might say, how many touchdowns is Jalen Hurts going to throw and pop uh, a number down for the over-under? Same for Patrick Mahomes. I might actually back Hurts here just because Mahomes' ankle is injured, but you never know. No matter what you choose, though, FanDuel Sportsbook is safe, secure, and easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid for your winnings instantly. Join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, thanks for making Locked On Jets, of course, your first listen of the day every day. We are continuing our discussion about uh, upcoming decision points for the Winnipeg Jets, you know, how they proceed with the future of this team and what the next five years for this team might look like. And I can only give you some insight into certain parts of the team. Obviously, we're all speculating at this point. Uh, five years might as well be like a century from now with how time moves in the NHL. But by the same token, you look back on it, it catches up to you really quickly. Just look about how, you know, look at this team from uh, 2017, 2018, a little over five years ago to where it is now, right? Huge change, a lot of departures, a lot of additions, and uh, just a very different feeling around this team in what is ostensibly not that long of uh, a time span in human years. And so for the Jets, you know, there's there's huge decision points coming up. We just talked about Hellebuck being the biggest one, and I think you have no choice but to extend him. Mark Shifley is where I think things start to get a little more complicated, right? Shifley has been one of this franchise's uh, most unusual and very interesting success stories, a guy that many felt was overdrafted, uh, was taken ahead of Sean Couturier, and a lot of people roundly criticized the Jets thinking, you know, Shifley's projectables didn't really scream elite franchise center. And yet what we've seen from Shifley has been just that an elite attacking franchise center with offensive dominance that at times has rivaled the best players in the league. I mean, he was on team North America with McDavid, uh, with Matthews and, and company. So we've seen uh, Shifley really raise his stock over the years. And we've also seen him drop it when he wasn't really feeling like he wanted to commit to the team under Paul Maurice. Uh, you know, the <clears throat> the cop and Enstrom bench, benchings in the Golden Knight series, the last few years of listless hockey. Shifley hasn't really been as engaged as he was uh, in his like prime, prime years. Now, though, we're seeing him back again at his best. And with his contract running out pretty soon, I'm at a bit of a crossroads with him. On the one hand, I feel like the Jets can't really afford to let their number one center go. On the other hand, he's going to be nearing 30. And, you know, with forward aging curves and the fact that Shifley may not be the kind of guy who resists it as much, I have a hard time feeling like, uh, you know, a long-term marriage with him is going to be Winnipeg's decision because, you know, there was friction earlier with management. We know that he does have some deficiencies in this game, especially defensively, uh, but I guess the biggest question right now is, you know, what is he going to be looking for? You know, is it going to be eight, nine, ten million? If you're looking at nine to ten, 
that's where I think you're starting to feel like you just can't do it. Eight, I would say, is kind of like where I would say I'm I'm sort of, you know, sitting. I don't feel like if you go uh, beyond eight to eight and a half that it's really something the Jets can afford to do. Uh, Winnipeg has a lot of contract extensions coming up and a lot of players who are, you know, a bit younger than Shifley is and will need some pretty big deals. And I just think as much as I love Shifley, if he's looking for like nine to ten, you probably should let him walk, which is crazy to say because he is a phenomenal center. But I think in terms of Winnipeg's long-term future, you also don't want to find yourself attached to a contract that prevents you from having roster flexibility, especially if you feel like you need to retool. And I think the problem for Mark is we don't really know how many years after his, you know, age 30 year that he's going to be super productive. My guess is like the first three to four years of his contract, uh, he'll be very good. But after that, you're going to see the dive, maybe even earlier than three to four years. I can't say for certain. But I think for me personally, um, I'm I'm leaning towards no at bringing him back, even though my, I guess, heart says yes. Uh, the brain side here is kind of what I'm, I'm leaning towards. This is one that I kind of want to get your feedback on. Uh, let me know if you think the Jets should resign, resign Shifley and if you think he should come back. I mean, it's sort of hard to imagine him wearing another jersey, but he's also not the kind of player that uh, for the Jets is like one of the biggest, you know, franchise cornerstones that you have to build around. I think that he is a player that is certainly part of the core, but long term, is he the guy that's going to be staying here forever? I, I don't know. And if he wants a lot of money, I would say let him chase it. You know, uh, the Jets might not be the, the team that can give it to him, but somebody will. And I think he deserves it. So we'll see how it goes. You know, if he wants to come back for like eight and a half by like six or seven. Yeah, that's a little more doable. I think that's a little more, I would say, palatable. But beyond that, you're starting to push into territory that I think is going to be hard for the Jets to say yes to. So let me know your thoughts on that. What would you give Shively if he wants to return? Is there a, a price that you walk away from? Drop your comments and feelings below. We'll talk about a last uh, decision point for the Jets in just a little bit and you know how Winnipeg long-term should feel about building the future of the core. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're just wrapping up really uh, quickly with some final thoughts on kind of the future direction of the Jets, you know, five years down the road. What does this team really want to pursue? I still think that at the end of it, Hellebuck, Shifley, uh, Kyle Connor, Nikolai Ehlers, I think all of those guys in some capacity will still be around. Uh, beyond that, I, I don't really know. Morrissey, I'm sure, will be back. But, you know, players like DeMello, Dylan, uh, Schmidt, I think those guys will probably have departed by then. Uh, I think it's time for the Jets to start thinking about, you know, with the next iteration of the team, what skills and, and tool sets do you really want to emphasize? I think for one thing, the Jets definitely need puck uh, mobility on the back end. That's one of the biggest, I, I would say, Achilles, Achilles heels that this team has. Uh, and we've seen them kind of draft for... Uh, two-way puck moving ability. Heinle, Chisholm, Gavanki, um, a lot of those guys are really good at transitioning up the ice with the possession, creating offensively, using very gifted edge work to get into more dangerous scoring areas. A lot of those guys actually do score pretty routinely. So 
there's a lot to like there. You know, Gavanki may be a little more raw than some of the others. Uh, Chisholm is also kind of on the raw side. But long term, you can see the fit, right? You see where they slide into it. I think the biggest question for the Jets, though, is if Shifley and Dubois aren't sticking around, right? We know Dubois is probably leaving after this year. Uh, Shifley may be leaving at the end of his contract. Um, let's just assume they both walk. Well, you know, who's going to play center for this team? I think that's a really big question. Perfetti, we think, might eventually one day become a center. But after that, you know, I think there's a lot of gaps. Uh, David Gustafson is somebody that I've really advocated for playing down the middle. Uh, I think Dave could be an excellent second line center with the right talent around him. But past that, I, I don't really know. Chaz Lucius, you know, assuming he doesn't get traded for like Timo Meyer or something, he has played center for the Moose. I'm not sure if that's his best position. Uh, I think, you know, for what the center position demands, I don't know if Lucius really translates uh, a lot of what he does at the, you know, the, the, the minor league levels up to the NHL effectively. You know, you got to be more defensively responsible. You've got to occupy certain spaces, be a really gifted playmaker. And you need to do all of that without it taking away from some of your best attributes, which for Chaz is scoring. I mean, the guy is a naturally gifted goal scorer, so you don't want to have him doing stuff that uh, adds elements to his game that force him to slow down and take away from the, the most effective elements of his offense. And I think that's where the center role is a really big gap for the Jets. Winnipeg doesn't really have a clear number one center lined up uh, right now, especially long-term. I mean, you've got some players who might one day play there. Uh, Brad Lambert, I mean, at one time, I think they were kind of toying around with the idea of him at center. The Seattle Thunderbirds are currently trying him there. I don't know if it's going to work, you know, long-term. But let's assume that at least, you know, you know, one of these guys could step up, whether it's Gustafson or Lambert or Lucius. That still leaves a lot of roster holes uh, down the middle. And I think the Jets are going to have to draft one. I mean, uh, unless they trade for a center from somewhere, I just don't really see how they acquire one unless they overspend in free agency. And I think I would avoid that route because the quality of centers that you're probably buying are like not going to be the sort that I think the Jets uh, can really build around. You know, Shifley is kind of in that weird spot of, of at, being at the age where if you let him go, it's going to be a huge problem because there's no way for the Jets to refill uh, that void. But if you keep him, you know, that the decline might hit a lot sooner than you'd like. So, yeah, center depth for the Jets is a real problem. Wing depth, I think the, the Jets are doing a little bit better in terms of like their drafted prospects. Shiprakov, uh, Roshevsky, and a handful of others. But, you know, in terms of like high-end elite scoring talent, you're starting to see that after Lambert and Lucius, it definitely declines quickly. And it does make you wonder how will Winnipeg fill those spots once players like Ehlers, Connor, and and the others start to age out. So there's a real clear point at which probably by year five down the road, uh, the Jets are thinking about the rebuild. And I think it, it, it could even hit earlier if players start to age out and start to get injured a lot more frequently. The Jets are definitely in a very tenuous position. And it's why I was saying on a previous episode that the Jets really have to make the most of these next two seasons. Um, I, I think Winnipeg can, in the future, build for speed and skill. I think the Jets are already trending in that direction. But, you know, whether they actually draft enough players to sort of swap out those spots and, and prepare this team for the future, it's going to be a tight one. I think Winnipeg usually finishes kind of middle of the pack. They get middle of the pack draft picks. 
Uh, it's rare that we win the lotto. We've only won it, you know, a handful of times, really. And so the Jets have to uh, really show us what they can do, really show us that they are committed to the future and that their scouting staff is up to snuff because the big R word rebuild, it's it's coming sooner than I think any of us want to admit. So let's hope that the Jets, at least in the meantime, try and win a cup. I'm hoping for a, a big victory this year, especially under Rick Bonus's first year. That'd be a pretty darn good story uh, and one that I want to see to the end of its chapters. So let me know what you think of the Jets future. Let me know where you think the Jets are going to be, uh, you know, five years down the road. How do you feel about the roster uh, with the prospects that we've got? Who do you want them to draft? Who do you think could change this franchise's trajectory? Let me know in the comments below or at my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe. And as always, thanks again for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go.